0: the call to build your small business make it happen with a dot domain name the place for dreamers for 30 years in counting visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice whether you're just getting started or looking to grow that's keepdreamingup.net
1: you are locked on mavericks your daily podcast on the dallas mavericks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day no, no, no. this is gonna be huge yeah. 360 in the contract Never that. I just take the contact. I will bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that this that this that Dirk with the mavs. Right. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engsted, media member at MavsMoneyball.com Com, and I am joined, formerly of MavsMoneyball.com, Com, the SB Nation writer himself, and author of the. 100 things Mavericks fans should know and do before they die. Tim Cato, welcome.
0: Hey, that's me. That's quite the introduction. Uh, form, formerly of Mavs Moneyball, but every once in a while I, I show back up like a uh, like a like a dad who walked out for cigarettes or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> like that, or the high school kid
1: that graduated and still comes back and like trains with the track team.
0: I I, I like I like that one a little bit better <laughs> because then then I'm not the dad walking out on, on kids at least. You know, it's just it's just a just a uh, just a teenager who can't give up on a give up on his glory days <laughs> on his, which his glory is, days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit closer to reality there.
1: <laughs> also, I I may or may not know several people that still do that in my life, but you know. Oh, who's, no. who's throwing
0: shade? I I haven't been back to my high school. Well, I lied. I, I went back. Um,
1: you do this, like a you do like a keynote address at your high school all the time, right?
0: <laughs> no, no i i i went I went back for um for my brother's graduation in in the spring, but but as I was in the. As I was in like the auditorium, or wherever they were doing it, I, I kind of realized to myself, this is probably the last time I'm ever stepping foot on this campus, <laughs> like at all. And I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that. So
1: yeah, I I went to school in Cincinnati, and my parents moved from where we lived, so I will never ever go back to my school unless there's like a, some function when I randomly go visit. But no, right, that's right, it. right. It's done. So Tim Cato. You're on and I can't we can't do a Mavericks podcast right now with the current state of the Mavericks without addressing this whole Nerlens Noel versus Dwight Powell situation. We've been we you and I both have just been very confused <laughs> about this and, you know, in the locker room talking to guys trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on. I saw you talking to Nerlens Noel the other day. Isaac and I were also talking to him. Uh, I wanted to get your perspective on this. What do you think is going through Nerlens Noel's mind right now?
0: Man, I mean I, I disagree with his decision this, this summer, uh not, not to take the the deal that was offered to him. But but if he thought he was a max player and, and clearly, you know, he maybe he would have come down on it a little bit and, and negotiations just kind of fell through that that whole situation was real messy. But you know, if if he was originally going for a max contract, you can imagine that uh he is he's not happy. He's not happy with less than twenty minutes a game. Um, you know, he probably wasn't even happy with with coming off the bench. But you know, I, I justified that by saying, you know, as long as he gets starter minutes, you know, it, it's gonna be okay. You know, he's he's gonna be all right. Um, but but really, you know, this this has been uh, quite the opposite of that. His minutes have been even trending down. There's you know, there's there's already a thing in the first game. You know, where you know many people thought he should have subbed back in. Um, and I think he still got 20 minutes that game and, and he got even less than that uh, against the Warriors, even though, you know, in theory, he's the type of big who can switch and, and kind of keep up with two or three different players in, in one of their matchup nightmare scenarios, um, despite what, you know, Rick Carlisle says, I, I you know, as much as I... Never want to disagree with Carlisle, you know, unless something <laughs> has changed about Carl uh, about Noel's game. You know that is that is exactly the type of player he is, and, and certainly, you know, even if you don't want him on Draymond Green, and you know, I understand if you don't. Um, you know, he's he's not a he's not a perfect fit there, uh, but but I, I do think he fits better than than a Dwight Powell or a uh, or a Dirk Nowitzki, and you know, I, I really don't understand how Dirk Nowitzki uh, gets nearly thirty minutes in a game like that, especially. You know, I I know I know he is the storied, you know, face of the franchise, but it's man, I I just I don't quite understand it. And and I do think that he you know, he's handling it really well. He's not speaking out to the media Uh, when he was with the Sixers last year. He did once, you know, I think two games in he he said he uh, he wasn't, you know, I'm not I'm not an eight minutes a player type of guy. And he's handling it really well in Dallas, but uh, he can't be happy. He, there's there's zero chance.
1: Yeah, Isaac and I have sort of likened it to a guy or, you know, whoever that has turned in their two weeks at work, you know. And at that point in your job, you're like, screw it. Like, I can do whatever I want. You know, <laughs> you know like anything that they throw at me is just going to roll off my back and it, it's whatever. You know, they can give me crappy hours. They can do all this stuff to me and it's not you know going to affect me in the least bit because i know that there's an end date here that's kind of how it feels like for us is that sort of the same vibe you're getting from him
0: yeah i i like that analogy i i do think that he's kind of in a uh i don't give an f in, in the locker <laughs> room I, I will say the one way it differs is that um you know um, unlike a two weeks employee he is you know, on the court, he's still the most productive Maverick, you know, if if you go by per thirty six minutes, you know, production and if you go by uh by stats that, you know, are hold, hold up, you know, even given his low minute total, or when you adjust for his low minutes totals, you know, I, I would say he's been the best player through four games, and he has the seventh most minutes played. Um so so that's the one huge way it's differed, and that's why especially this is such a uh this, this this is such a, uh, you know, just baffling, baffling turn of events.
1: It's a conundrum. It doesn't, it does not make any sense. And the, the reason that Carlisle gave in talking about matchups, I just, I, I don't see it. And we said the same thing that you just said, you know, yesterday is that, I, you know, far be it from me to disagree with Carlisle. That guy knows way more basketball than I will ever, you know, he's forgets more, more basketball than I will ever know, but. The matchup just works really well. You need a guy if they're gonna do throw that many passes. You're gonna need a guy that has those long arms again, can put his arms in passing lanes and actually switch somebody. I mean, I just I don't understand. One theory that I came up with as to why maybe Dwight is being played, you know, in these situations where we would rather have Nerlens be played, you know, because he's not playing Dwight over Nerlens in that sense because they're not playing the same position. Nerlens is playing exclusively five. Dwight's playing exclusively four, basically, but. The the number of minutes I think that Dwight is getting, we would rather see some of that go to nerlands But one of the the theories I have is that the Mavericks don't have any fours. The, I mean, Dwight is probably better at five. At you know, at, in this iteration of the NBA, Harrison Barnes is you know is a four that you know should be a three probably. Um, play, you know, plays better in the offense as a four. And then you're, what's your, what's who's your next four on the roster? I mean, Dirk maybe, but at this point, his career is better as a five then Maxi Kleba is, is, you know, is the next four down the line. And so at that point, you're stretching this position, and you kind of have to play Dwight, or else what's your other options at four? And so you have to play him. And then you can't really play Dwight and Nerlens Noel together. I can't really see that really working out. And so that sort of puts it in a tough situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I do think there's probably been a little bit too much uh, uh, blame cast upon Dwight Powell when in reality... You know, it might be it might be Dirk's minutes that, that need to be shifted around a little bit. Um, I, I I do think I I would I would push back and, and say that I do think that uh, or I would at least want to see a Dwight Powell, nerland's Noel lineup because, you know, if if you're gonna say that Noel can maybe play next to Dirk and you know, he can maybe play some four, um, Dwight Powell is obviously a little bit more athletic, a little bit more mobile than uh, than, than Dirk. You know, I I don't want him guarding fours. <laughs> a little. You know, it, yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> understatement you've made this whole podcast. He is, he's, he's not a, uh, he is definitely <laughs> not a, he, maybe, maybe he's kind of between the two. He's, he's not a Nerland's rangy, you know, can keep up with guards, but, uh, but yeah, no, certainly, certainly uh, a <laughs> bit more spry than a, than than a Dirk Nowitzki, but uh, oh, I, I would be curious to see that because especially, you know, especially if they value Powell's spacing and, and they, you know, if, if you have him at the four with his ability to actually go out to the corner. And you put Nerlens running down the running down the lane or hiding in the short corner, um, it's doable. But uh, the the point is the, the the concern for me is not even so much like the lineups that they have played. It's just that you have to find a way to get more out of Noel. And uh, you know I, I I don't see any way that you can look at his production and say, uh, yeah, let's just keep. It's it's hard to get him in the rotation, so we're just going to keep doing things the way they're doing them. And obviously, you know they've played him more. They played him. You know, 27 minutes uh, the second game of the season. They played him 20 the first. Um, to go all the way down to 12 against against a team like the Warriors, where you think his his skills would be most appreciated. is just uh, I I don't think that's a I don't think that's a uh, enough effort would, was put into finding spots that can work for him. And I I think more effort does need to be put into that.
1: As we have this conversation, you know, longer and longer, the question for me then becomes: Is this a situation where you know, Nerlens Noel, like you said, made a bad decision, should have taken the contract in the summer, and that didn't bode well for the Mavericks. All that whole saga that I spent way too much time talking about this summer, all of that, does that have anything to do with his minutes? I mean, that is just a, a thing that is going to go through my mind throughout the whole year unless we get some sort of answer on it.
0: It's it's a it's a question. I, I mean, I don't have a answer for, but it's one that I I it's fascinating to discuss or, or try to figure out. You know, I, I don't know I don't know if we're ever gonna have a have a real answer on it. But uh, oh, you know, I, Cuban's I gonna answer that at
1: some point. You know, that's
0: that's that's fair. That's if fair, he's not know, the but,
1: president, then you know he'll be talking about <laughs> random stuff like yeah. That, I was gonna or. say
0: in in 2019 he may uh, he may have other things on his mind, but <laughs> but if not, that that is probably something I'll eventually uh, talk about a little bit. Um, you know, I've I've heard I've heard some people within the Mavericks, you know, theorize that that maybe that, that maybe Carlisle just doesn't trust uh, d- doesn't trust Nerlens. You know, he he is a little bit more prone to making some defensive lapses and, and things like that. Um, you, you can question his work ethic. Maybe maybe playing Dwight Powell over him is a um, is a you know Dwight Powell is known as a work ethic guy. He's known as a, always yeah. in the gym. So maybe maybe this is a you know early season. I'm not you know. Giving you a role, I'm not. I'm not giving you minutes unless you really earn them, and and I I want you to earn them off the court as well as on the court. Um. So so I'm not I'm not projecting you know total doom and gloom. That said, if 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 the minutes keep going like this, if if this is Nerland's, uh role going forwards, it's clear he won't be back, and they should try to trade him at the trade deadline because you know I I think he still has value. Uh. The, for the same reasons. You know, for the for the same for the same reasons that the the Mavericks are able to trade for him. You know, if if you are not going to commit to him on the steam, he's not going to resign with you, and there's no point keeping him around. Um, and and I think I think it's absolutely time that that if if you you know if if that seems clear come January, then then if he's not on the market, then I think they're making a uh, a second screw up. And and I think that it's it's amazing how quickly he went from uh how, how quickly they went from talking about him as the next Tyson Chandler and the next savior of the franchise and. And, uh, now he might be on his way out even before the season ends, you know, if, Gosh. if things go like that, but then again, what did they do to Tyson Chandler? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there may be, there may be more similarities there than, uh, than, than any of us thought when, when they're saying that initially.
1: Yeah. I've kind of floated, you know, with the maps, money about people, I floated these random Tyson Chandler trades. I'm like, bring him back. And they're all like, no, the bridge is burned. It's done. Like, right. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. And I'm like. No, but, but but please, like <laughs> like <laughs> at the beginning in the off season and stuff. But gosh, it is just so weird that I mean he was part of the you know as soon as he got traded, he was part of the you know the marketing promotions. He was part of all that stuff. He they put him on the side of the bus. I remember it was like. Not even you know a week after he had been traded, when they you know the Mavs pull up that charter bus on the side of the AAC, and there's you know Dirk's face, there's Harrison Barnes' face, and then there's Nerland's face. And you're like, what the heck? How they do that so fast? First of all, and then second of all, you're <laughs> like, man, like they just really think that he's gonna be part of the future, and he's still his face is still on the side of that bus. Now it has Dennis on it and Yogi and you know some other guys on it, but. I just and then you know the Mavericks also they're, the Mavericks social media tweets out right before media day and before we learned that Noel probably wasn't going to start they're like it's Nerlens, Dirk, Harrison Barnes, West and Dennis and they're like starters you know like is this the starting lineup and like this caught everybody off guard it is just so weird how fast it seems like they've done a 180 on Nerlens Noel uh it, you have to think that something over the summer changed and that it just didn't go throughout the organization. you know it was just in the front office and the coaching staff
0: yeah and i, I do sympathize them with a little bit, you know um ner Nerland's, Nerland's agent at the time when that deal was offered, i think four years seventy million as as it was reported by other people um but but uh, i i did I did confirm that with the with the agent and I also heard you know through through people who would know that um that that the agent you know. Recommended Nerlens take that deal. Uh, at the time, he said, "Yeah, this is this is fair value for you. This is this is a good market value, and you should take it. You're probably not going to get a better offer than this." And you know, obviously, he did not get a better offer than that. Um, I what I don't didn't know get exactly, any offer,
1: right? Like, yeah, yeah, there's, exactly.
0: There's nothing. Exactly, exactly. And, and one thing I heard uh, Cuban told me that they they never Cuban told me or his exact wording was it never got to that in regards to whether that four for 70 would have been on the table in, say, August. Um, they I, didn't I took revisit that, it.
1: They didn't go back. They...
0: Yeah, they didn't. They did, I, I took that to mean that that Nerlin's camp never tried to get that offer again. Um, that said, I, I, there is some murkiness there. I have never been able to quite sort it out. You know, it was also reported that Cuban pulled the offer. So, you know, it may have been a situation where if Nerlin, you know, came – and and begged him for the offer back, uh, you know, actually I do want to sign this and, and, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Cuban would have presented it and, and Nerlens just, you know, never, never was interested in, in doing something like that, especially since he already thought that was under what he should be paid. Um, certainly if the Mavericks had kept that offer on the table, you know, throughout the summer, then, then, then perhaps something would have been different. So, you know, I, I, I tend to, it's, it's, I, I tend to side a little bit with the Mavericks this summer. You know, just because I, I do feel like they gave him a fair offer, and you know, it's it's tough. It's I I don't I don't know what you can do if you offer him you know something that everybody is telling him to take, and he says no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get more money even when it, it's quite obvious that they aren't. Um, at, at the same time, you know, I, I mean, if if this was really the player of the future, and you know, I, I do feel like they could have done a little bit more if if, they, if that's what they felt, and um, so maybe their mind changed, or may, maybe something else happened. But I, I think it's pretty clear to me that they. Um if the, if this keeps going like it's going um I, I think it's pretty clear to me that they're okay uh it, with him going elsewhere. Um just it that that's the only explanation that makes sense to me.
1: It was a fair offer, but would you say that it was a serious offer?
0: That's 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 <laughs> a that's a valid question, especially especially when you know his mindset. Um yeah, no. you know, in personally, you know, I... <laughs> fair, fair. Um I I I would say that uh I would say that if if they'd offered him like 20 million a year I I would not have I would not have batted an at that. I, I could have I could have offered him more money as a as a, if I was a front office person than than they did. But
1: Yeah. Oh. No, it, it, we we talked about that report that you made uh, at the time and we thought right. we we, we kind of got the same thing and that was also very vague language that he used which was probably on purpose, but
0: Oh yeah. Like that's yeah. just the-
1: that's the whole game, right? <laughs> Use mm-hmm. vague language. You're in the news. Then you, have, you know, we're all trying to figure. All us idiots are trying to figure it out. And then, you know, they're all over there trying to make the deals happen. And
0: and I'm sure they're high fiving, you know, when when they uh, when they when they tweak a word here and there. It's like, ooh, now it makes even less sense. Have <laughs> fun trying to figure this one out. So,
1: <laughs> oh, good man. times.
0: So good, true. Good times in uh, when whatever we call this uh, in in vague vague uh, vague PR statements.
1: All right. Well, before we move on, let us uh, talk to our new friends at draft.com. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, you need to try my new favorite app. It's called Draft. You can play real-life fantasy snake drafts, not having auctions or all that kind of stuff, just straight-up snake drafts because that's the best part of it, just going into those snake drafts. With other people, just like in your season-long league, draft lasts just one night no management don't have to figure all that out and come and join me on draft today download the app anytime just search draft in the app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on draft.com for limited time only all new players get a free entry into draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use the promo code oh yeah L-O-MAVS. L-O-M-A-V-S. That's right. Play a real money game for free. For free. You get a free entry into this. Just use the promo code L-O-MAVS on your first deposit on draft.com. All right. So you wrote the book. You wrote the book on, on the Mavericks fandom. It's the 100 things Mavericks fans should know and do before they die. And the first thing that stuck out to me was Mark Cuban wrote the foreword. Uh, there's a couple other books like this. The one that I, I've seen recently was uh The Hundred Things That Warriors fans should know and, and do. And he and uh it was Danny LaRue that wrote that one and he got Bob Myers through the forward. Um you got the much better deal, I think, in that in that scenario.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh I'm fortunate, you know. I so so uh this is this is slightly related. I think I even mentioned the story in my book, but uh the first time I'm ever in a Mavericks locker room, um, and I, I was you know, this is this is gonna this is gonna date me or do the opposite of that but i was <laughs> so I, I i was i was writing for *Maz moneyball and um i made it or i was i was on a college visit uh in the dallas area and so i'm a high school senior and i somehow wriggle my way into a uh press pass um in fact tim mcmahon has a has a good story and i think friday's um friday's espn pod hoop oh yeah collective, the, the hoop about, collective. Yeah, yeah, about why the Mavericks um let so many bloggers in. But but fortunately, you know, <laughs> Mavs Moneyball especially has all, always had a great relationship with uh with the Mavericks. And so so I had a single game pass as a high school senior and Cuban notices me, he sees me, he's like, Oh, that I don't know that dude. I, I haven't seen him in here before. So so he asked me who I am and, and who I'm with. And so it's like that's that's it was like within minutes of seeing him, he's talking to me and he's he's asking me about who I am. Uh and and you know, Ever ever since then, you know, we've, you know, we talked uh, on the Stairmasters and, and, you know, here and there mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, especially lately, you know, I've, I've, I've uh, been in communication with him a little bit more here and there for stories. So he's always, always been great to me. You know, we've known each other on a, on a very surface, you know, kind of, uh, you know, orbiting basis, you know, not, not best friends or going out uh, drinking after, after games, but uh, you know, we, we've known each other and, and it, I was really fortunate that, that when he, uh, when I mentioned it to him, he right away was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'll do that. Um, so, uh, That's I'm, awesome. I'm fortunate, but it's, it's, uh, it was, it was a great get and, uh, shout out to Mark. Who's a, who's a very, very appreciative of that dude.
1: Yeah, man. The the more I, you know, I'm around him and the more I just have, you know, contact with the Mavericks organization and, and him, you know, also as well, like, he is very accessible. I just didn't realize how you know accessible he was going to be uh, to just a random dude like me that wrote for a blog site and you know wrote for a site and was like, "Hey, we want you know we want to do this or you know I want to just randomly ask a question or something like that." It, it's been pretty awesome because that that dude's a billionaire. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like I feel like he realized why he's successful just because yeah. it's so easy to communicate with him. He's so likable, uh, even even for someone like us who's like peppering him with questions as media members. Yeah, he's that guy that he walks into the room. He starts talking. And you're like, "Oh,
1: that dude's the smartest guy in the room."
0: Right, right.
1: Which is not hard to say when it's like me and you and Isaac and <laughs> Hey now, hey now, no.
0: <laughs> I'm totally
1: kidding. No, all right, no, the other thing that stuck out to me was uh, number nine Mavericks jersey on the cover. Uh, you're gonna have it's to.
0: Not, you're gonna have not, to. An- it's not okay. You're I, gonna I, have so- to answer
1: that one because you know what I'm gonna say. But first of all, it's not Dirk. Okay
0: it is Dirk. So, so here's, here's the story. Um, go for it. Is, and
1: second of all, it's Romo.
0: <laughs> I mean, so, so the one-off guy, I mean, it's, it's Rondo, it's, it's the Rondo Jersey. So, um, so I, I am not a Jersey number guy. Um, I know Dirk is 41. I know Jason Terry was 31. Hey, I know Marion is zero. Yep. Um, I, I don't really remember numbers though, you know, Romo nine sure. I I know, I know the big <laughs> ones, but I, I've never people people have like a memory for for jersey numbers that I, I've never had that um, I got a I got a copy of the book of the um of the book uh, cover you know like a copy like a like a digital print it's like hey this is or this is like a, a mock-up of what the book's gonna look like on the front cover um, it didn't even dawn on me that it was it was a number nine jersey never, you're, never like, even you're like crying
1: that. and showing your parents and like super excited about <laughs> it <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, and obviously, obviously, lots of tears, lots of tears, you know, <laughs> but but it's it's funny. So it never even dawned on me, and um, it it took me. I think I think I tweeted it out or, or something. In somebody, or maybe I tweeted out the pre-order link where it had that had that um, you know, that that mock jersey or that mock cover on there. And somebody was like, "Hey, that's that's the Rondo jersey." So <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh, that's not ideal," and and it kind of you know, they, we probably should make it Dirk. So so I shot them an email. And fortunately, it was never the plan. For whatever reason, nine was the one they put on there as a placeholder. But but the the final the final version uh, was always intended to be Dirk. It is Dirk. If you order it right now, it will be Dirk. Wow. Um, I know Amazon. I, I'll see if I can talk to them because I've got enough questions about it at this point that it, that I feel like we we should get it fixed up. Um, if you click through on the different Amazon versions, I, I think there's like a the paperback and a Kindle and maybe some other sort of ebook um the correct one is there if you click to the right one but the first one you see i think for the paperback is the number nine one which is old and in out of date but uh but it is a 41 and i i promise you it is because i'm looking at it right now uh <laughs> and uh it is it is definitely 41 can so I, you know
1: what they should have done they should have given us options like whichever number you want you can get <laughs> you can get a jason terry 31 you can get a romo 9 you can get you know and have just a little name so,
0: so this is just like the same as a customized Maverick jersey, except with uh with books. Heck you yeah! Get your own. So so you can get like a you can get like a, uh, a a copy that has your own last name on the back of the jersey. Heck yeah! Or something. Like that. Sure,
1: especially if it's a digital copy. If I'm getting a Kindle copy, you know you can change that to whatever you want. So.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. All I right. will say the uh, the jersey itself is quite glossy. I'm I'm now noticing as I hold this book in my hands. So uh I would recommend a uh, paperback uh, jersey just for that. It's not silver. It's not silver not and shiny, is it? Yeah. It's a good callback. It is not, no, fortunately. Go check
1: out that piece on SB Nation. Uh, Tim Cato went and found the people that have those silver Mavericks jerseys that I did not remember uh, because I was like in elementary school and living in Ohio at the time, but that you reminded me of and were like, remember these jerseys that were like silver and metallic and that they never made again? They just wore one time. And I Googled it and there's like Antoine Walker wearing this.
0: yeah sadly i don't i don't know if that made it into the book surprisingly i I think it must have been it must be in here somewhere as just an off you know just a just a quick note but yeah no uh but yes go ahead sorry
1: that it existed it existed at some point
0: it's it's amazing
1: so it's called what you know mavericks fans should know and do before they die what's one thing in that book that i would not know
0: it's a good question. Um, do you know about, as I, as I look through the chapter, uh, the, the chapters, um, here, let me, let me just start with my favorite chapter. Uh, it's the last one. It's the one I, I'm going to hang my hat on from this book and, and the, the the one I kind of put the most time into. It's a, it's an oral history of the 24 hours after the 2011 finals. Um, and so it's talking to Dirk, and it's talking to some uh, some Mavericks PR people, and it's talking to uh, to some beat writers with the Mavericks, and, and you know Jeff Skin Wade, uh, Ben Rogers. I'm sure you know those guys. I'm, I talked to Rick Carlisle. Um, did you know that uh, in in the um, as, as they go to the club after they win Game Six, um, they're they're celebrating. Obviously, Dirk's out there. Um, there's no food at the club, which uh, so so Dirk is at this uh, he's at this event for until like 6 a.m. And yeah. he's had nothing to eat uh, from, like, you know, whenever he ate before the game. And then he had so much stuff after the game, he had no time to eat. So it's, it's 6 a.m., and uh, let me see if I can find his quote. Um, the craziest thing is we had no food. This is, this is Dirk Nowitzki talking to me for, for this chapter. Uh, we had no food in the locker room. They had no food at the club. So I just remember being completely exhausted. I even ordered food at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning, morning ordering a hamburger or something. This was back at the hotel. So uh, that, that was the, that was the pers- post-championship meal for Dirk Nowitzki. A hamburger, or hotel hamburger, like, probably more than 12 hours after he lost eight. After playing one of the most emotional games of his entire life.
1: Gosh. Didn't even throw yeah. cheese on it.
0: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I, I mean, I'm surprised the dude didn't, like, pass out from all the alcohol. I mean, I guess alcohol, you know, you get some beers in you, that's a little bit of calories, you know. That's, that's a tiny bit of sustenance, but... But man, liquid will only uh, let you go so far.
1: Yeah, man, I, I can't even imagine just him sitting alone in a hotel room. I'm I'm sure he wasn't alone at that point, but just alone in a hotel room with like a, this like tear stained burger, just like like weeping out of ex- <laughs> out of exhaustion and like just complete joy and like this ecstasy of you know this moment. And then all of a sudden, the room service shows up and you like have to eat this. Ha- I, who was the room service guy that like handed Dirk Nowitzki this hamburger after he won? That's that's who I want to talk to that that guy. Like what was it like? You open the door. Did you have any idea that it was going to be Dirk? Did you know who it was or did you just think it was this big tall and They're in Miami dude.
0: too, so the, it might it might have been a Miami Heat fan, so.
1: What if he just threw it in Dirk's face? That <laughs> How dare you do this to LeBron? Oh,
0: yes. oh man. Not one, not two, not three. We were destined. <laughs> No, he orders
1: sliders, right? They're little tiny burgers. And he goes, not one, not two, not three. He just chucks them at Dirk.
0: Oh, man. If it, was, if it was a fancy hotel, that'd, that'd be the only thing to do, right? The only thing to do. Uh, give me one thing that I should do
1: that's in that book that I have – do you think I have not done yet?
0: Ooh, I got a good one for this as well. Um, you might do this. You might do this. In fact, I, I would hope everyone does this from time to time. But I have a chapter in here that teaches you how to properly YouTube binge on Mavericks highlights. Oh, this
1: I've is done, I've done this it a time good. or two.
0: A, a time or two might be a little little understating things. But um, where's the start? What my favorite? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's it, at one point in my life it was once or twice, and then you know it kind of gets out of hand from there. Um, my my favorite trick is to you you type in. Obviously Dirk is the first person that comes to mind, but you know if, if you're if you're in the mood for somebody else highlights you know a, a Jason a good Jason Terry game or something like that, you can do this as well. If you type in Dirk Nowitzki, then you throw a number on there and I, I'd, I'd go probably like 30 to 44, 45. and if you do Dirk Nowitzki 36, you're gonna find a few videos that just have all his buckets from a 36 point game. Um, and and there's games in here that I won't remember. Uh, you type in 37 and he'll pull up a game from, like, 2007. I was like, I, I probably didn't even watch this game at the time. And, you know, here's just, like, prime Dirk out here dropping 37 on the poor Hawks or something. Um, and, and Dirk's, like, you know, he's always been the, like, incredibly consistent scorer. He's not he's not a guy who, I think he scored 50 twice in his career, but then he, you know, he would just consistently drop 25 and 25 and 30 and 35, and he'd had an off game with 20. But, you know, he has a bunch of mid-30 scoring games that are just sensational. Um you can also type in a uh, game six or, or game blank mini movie, yes.
1: Um,
0: and that and that will take you through these excellently produced uh, NBA mini documentaries, basically um, of of the finals games from 2011 they do it for all the finals but the the 2011 ones are, 11 ones are especially good of course
1: they are excellent we went back in in august i think we did a uh, finals flashback where we went back and talked about every single game we interviewed people like uh, like jeff skin wade that you mentioned earlier and uh and so I went back and watched all of those man, and it is just like all the little emotions in one video, just like thrown it all together. And I wasn't even a huge Mavericks fan back, you know, when I was watching that. But still, you just feel it, like you feel the tension, you feel the, you know, the back and forth between Dirk and you know Wade and LeBron. That whole coughing thing is in it, you know. Just like you feel Deshaun Stevenson hitting a three in transition, like you know, you just feel every single thing because it hits all the big highs and all the low lows.
0: Yeah, no, it is uh it is it is so well produced. It reminds me of um it's like it's basically like a 30 for 30 video but 10 minutes long. Yeah. Um and th- that's like that's the type of quality you're getting. It has, you know, one-on-one interviews, exclusive interviews that you've never seen before. It's just it's sensational and and really does, you know, bring back whatever emotions that you have from from those games from that time.
1: Alright, before we go, and by the way, you can get that book on Amazon, like we said, you can get it at barnesandnoble.com, I think. You can get it at a whole bunch of places. Just search Tim Cato.
0: Yeah, jump yeah, jump do that. Uh jump into my uh Twitter bio as well. Um sorry to cut you off because you were about to say another way you can get it that will be perfectly fine. Also, <laughs> I have links in my Twitter bio. I wanted to get that in there.
1: Do it, do it. Go check that link out. What's the best way to get the book?
0: Um I, I would I would say that, and then also the way I rudely cut you off. Just type in a hundred things mavericks um, and name Tim Cato. It should be the first link on Amazon. Um, if you Google search it, if you if you throw a hundred things mavericks into Amazon, it should also pop up. Um, I, I think it's also selling on uh, TriumphBooks.com and a couple other online places, but uh, uh, in any of those places would work fine. And November fifteenth, it will be in bookstores. And in fact, uh, I'll be tweeting out some uh, some information on book signings around dallas that uh i'm not sure anybody will actually attend but uh <laughs> the publisher wants me to go to them and i am uh i'm uh, i'm happy to do that so uh it should should be good and if anybody wants to see see me in person i don't know why you would but uh now now is your chance or, or now will be your chance over the next couple months
1: you'll get it'll, it'll be you me doyle josh Bo, and kirk that's who it's gonna be
0: Kirk's gonna fly in for this. Wow. Kirk's serious face, internet celebrity. Um if he doesn't fly in, I will be personally disappointed.
1: So. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? It's the it's no, the moment he's been waiting for.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really has been. Um hopefully I just like ambush some people who walk by and be like, Hi, I'm writing a book. Please get in line to to sign it. I'll give you a free copy. Well if you just if you start a line, line,
1: people will join the line. It's just a thing we That's do. True. We just you know, if you see That's a line, true. you just get in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can bring um What's something I can give to people that they will want? Cupcakes, cupcakes. <laughs> it's good, it's good. Unless, uh, unless I got some KD stands over here. But yes.
1: Oh, before you go, I want to get your thoughts on Dennis Smith Jr. What have you seen from him that's positive? Uh, what have you seen from him that you've never seen in a rookie before?
0: Well, um, I have. I have seen a chapter that I wish I could have wrote um, if I was writing this book one year later. Ooh. Um, but sorry, I had to tie it back into the book, but, um, I, I, di- I did, I get his name in there in one chapter, just kind of looking for it at their future. Um, Dennis is great, man. Um, I, I don't think as, as I think back, you know, the Mavericks have maybe never had a player, this explosive that actually got quality, serious minutes that it was, you know, really in their starting lineup. Um, I'm sure there's one or two exceptions, but you know, and obviously someone like Brandon Wright in his prime and, uh. You know, they had they had Vince Carter You kind of on the downhill, but he was still absurdly athletic. Gerald Green came through here for a stint, but never really cracked the rotation. Uh, but Dennis Smith, definitely, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know how many point guards we've seen this athletic. You know, I think he jumps higher than Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't say he, he's necessarily more athletic than uh, Westbrook, but the the fact that you can even, you know, talk about what level of athleticism he is in competition. Compared to Westbrook, which just kind of speaks volume, and it's a, it's a very odd sensation for the Mavericks to have someone who is, you know, just leap out the gym and drive You know, nobody can stay in front of him, and and you know, we've we've marveled over it, and we've we've been uh we've been fed up as the Mavericks defense can, can't contain. Um, and then on the other end, you. know, They've just been the Mavericks have just been trotting out like like thirty six year old Jason Kidd on the other end, which is was just great. And you know, he does his job well and he <laughs> won them a championship. But he's uh he's kind of the opposite type of player from that. So um so I, I'm enjoying just a different look for the Ma- Mavericks and uh, a different type of guy and you know, uh, hopefully hope he stays but uh but I I'm really excited for his future. And I'm uh, really excited to, you know, he just he seems like a great person too. From all, all the profiles I've read, you know, doesn't, doesn't hesitate to speak out on social issues and, and just some, some really cool things that I really like about him off the court as well. So, yeah. you know, I am, I, am a, I am all in on Dennis and uh, I, I hope that he lives up to all of our highest expectations.
1: A vote for Dennis is a vote for the 100 Things Mavericks fans should know and do before they die the book by Tim Cato. Cato, thanks so much for joining us on Locked on Mavericks. We really appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm sure hopefully I'll be back at uh, some point this season and there will be something worth talking about, maybe. A win.
1: <laughs> Tim Cato, thanks so much for joining us on Locked on Mavericks, guys. Thank you for subscribing and listening to the podcast. Check him out at SB Nation. Check out the book and uh, continue to follow us on Lockdown Mavericks. Thanks so much, guys. Peace out. Boom. Don't be spooked. Safeway
0: has your back this Halloween season and not just for candy. You'll find all kinds of quick, easy, and delicious meals for Halloween. It's a busy time of year, and your neighborhood Safeway makes it easy. Right now with your club card, select varieties of Signature Select Pizza, a family favorite, are 2 for $8. And select varieties of McCormick Taco Fajita or Chili Seasoning are 3 for just $2. Safeway, it's just better.